Welcome to Sensor Noise, a podcast about photography. I'm Andrew, joined, as always, by Arthur. This week, how was your CES? Did, did, you, <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy all the CES news? I did. I, 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 I was on the show floor, as you know. Right. Um, really taking in, in Las the Vegas. sights and, yeah. and smells, especially the smells of the yeah. wonderful Consumer Electronics show. Yeah. I like how there's, you know, lately – well, really for a number of years now, you know, there's been a distinct sort of theme to CES, you know. This year's yeah. was AI, you know. Previously, it's been like 3D televisions, and then it was like 4K televisions. Autonomous right. cars were a thing, I guess, a couple of years ago. Yep. Um, you know, um, and those are, with the exception of 4K televisions, I guess, those are how you know what's not going to happen is whatever has the that's, megatype That's cycle. right, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> it's how you can tell which uh, which trends you can just sort of ignore. I also just note that, like, the news coming out of CES is, like, less and less interesting, you know? That, yeah. Because, like... Yep. Uh... I mean, it was like, yeah, there's some new laptops and TVs. There's a TV. You can get a TV that's transparent now if you want that. I don't know why you would. Um, well, you can't, pers- right? It's a, it's a, it's a demo. You can't actually right. buy it. I don't think. Yeah, but if you if you somehow wanted to see through your TV because you you think that watching your television is not a challenging enough experience for your eyes, you can you can now right. get a, a transparent television. Well, what it's what um, that that one. That's going to be for like store displays and stuff. Well, or well, but the thing their, dis- their display had it in like you know some fancy uh, postmodernist expensive house kind of thing as like a right. a piece of decor that could then be made to blend in. You know, yeah, everything's open plan. Nobody's going to do that with it. No, um, if you've never, uh, I'm assuming you haven't been to the new Tiffany flagship store in New York City, but they've. No inside there's no windows it's all these big uh panels yeah I, no i recall i recall watching a video about the new tiffany's store and that boggled my mind a little bit um miraculously it doesn't feel like you're in an enclosed box when you're in there like you think there are windows it's it's very convincing but this would be even more convincing but i feel like it would have been cheaper to install windows you know now, what do they care about price? It's this. It's the same as like the uh, the Walgreens that had the like smart displays over the glass doors instead of just letting you see what was in the cold cabinets. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put these on the Walgreens uh, drink coolers. Yeah, that's what they're gonna do with yeah. it. But um, I think the most interesting thing announced at CES for me, anyway, was that um, that little hardboard keyboard, hardware keyboard you can get for the iPhone that gives you like a little Blackberry-ish keyboard. It's a yeah. little silly. Um, That's a confusing product to me. It's not. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many people will want that now. Like, yeah. Does anyone? I guess the kids. Anyone under thirty doesn't remember using those keyboards at this point. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know. And then, uh, this isn't, uh, uh, you know, um, photography related, but did you see the goofy AI companion gadget thingamabob that yeah, was designed by teenage engineering? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, cool. I don't understand. I, I, uh, 
it, it costs two hundred dollars, and I don't understand how they are going to actually like make money on a continuing basis. But it, oh, they they, they won't this be. is yeah no this is going to be the sort of thing that someone's going to do a video about in like seven to ten years. You know when right. they're all vintage. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, <laughs> and it won't do anything because it's completely yeah. reliant on a web service. Yeah. In camera news, uh, Mint Camera has unveiled its uh, Roly 35AF. So, so Mint has been working on a film camera uh, for the past year or so, and it looked quite similar to the old Roly 35 camera because uh, it has a very distinctive sort of shape. And uh, it turns out they have gotten – uh, like the official blessing to call this a Roly camera. So this is now the Roly 35 AF uh, for autofocus. LiDAR-based autofocus. Um, huh. And they're saying it'll retail for between $650 and $800, which um, sure. seems like a, a a little much for me. For a, a, The Roly 35 is a pretty small camera. Um you know, I mean, they're putting the LiDAR autofocus in it. They could just I not guess so. do that. Yeah. Right. Um, Interesting. I mean, I don't know who, uh, I don't know who Mint is. I've never heard of them before, but Mint is the more of these film cameras we have, the better. Mint Mint camera is an interesting outfit that uh, they sort of started out by restoring old Polaroid cameras, uh, like SX-70s and so on. You could get restored. And then they started making sort of their own instant cameras of various designs like you can get they have like a a tlr that takes instax film which is kind of neat um interesting and i mean they make some of the better quality instant cameras that you can get these days we'll talk about (laughs) instant cameras in more detail later but um yeah i guess they've um decided to to sort of branch out into you know regular film cameras as well so Oh, it's interesting. I mean, all right. Yeah. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have any problems with that. I just, you're right. The price is a lot. Yeah. There's another camera that's been announced, which is called the Viewfinder. That's Viewfinder without any vowels. Uh, oh, wow. I, didn't, I didn't know we were in, in 2011 again. Yeah, I that's guess exciting. So, yeah. Viewfinder Karen is a beautiful panoramic digital camera. This I probably wouldn't have paid attention to, but they said panoramic. And uh, so this is kind of like a digital Hasselblad X-Pan. And they, they kind of have my attention with this. Because uh, you can take a uh, uh, a 21 by 9. Uh, 21 by 9, 6 to 3 and 6 to 2 aspect ratio photos. Hmm. With I a mean, 60 it looks megapixel fantastic. sensor. Yeah, it's very nicely designed. Yeah. Um, they claim that they are making it in 2024. Um, All right. Although it says, update, the team has clarified that it's making a series of working prototypes this year, but it will not be available to purchase this year. So, well, um, a little. Can't have everything, I guess. A little bit of creative omission. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting uh, to see. Yeah, I do I like if- this concept. Yeah. I really, I really like these like single purpose digital cameras. It's mm-hmm. definitely getting back towards what we used to have with film cameras where you'd get something for a specific purpose. Right. And I, 
I have coveted for a little while the Sigma DP0 Quattro, which is uh, uh, has like a 14 millimeter lens, ultra wide angle on like a, a you know a fixed lens digital camera. Um, mm. I obviously haven't gotten one, but you know, it's like well, a sure. super ultra wide thing because uh, Sigma for a while they made like the DP0, DP1, DP2, and DP3 that all had different fixed lenses of different focal lengths. Um, oh, yes, I've okay, I've seen this. This is the very yeah. this is the very wide camera. This is the very wide one, yes, it's wide for no particular reason, but it well, is wide. and my thought was that I could get very <laughs> wide and then crop it to be a pan or you know, a very a, a nice pano, right? So, right, yeah. right, yeah, um, hmm. yeah. Uh, next we have, this showed up, this was big news one day last week. Cause it like, there frankly wasn't a whole lot of photography news at CES, but, uh, DJI has a new mic two wireless microphone that comes with Bluetooth, 32 bit float backup recordings and a dial. I mean, it looks um, great. It looks I nice. I don't, I, I want to have a reason to buy one of these. I, I think that they're, I always don't think that one. they're very neat, but I have no reason for any of these like wireless mic things. It is kind of neat that this like wireless mic technology is now like, you know, a couple hundred bucks and very easy to use because that was not previously the case. But what I don't, what I, what I find difficult to abide is people clipping the whole transmitter in view when they're like filming their YouTube videos. Like that's supposed to be, you should think of that as the hip pack and you're meant to get a separate. <laughs> you're meant to get mic. a lot. They, they come yeah, with live they, mics usually. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they don't though, which is, I find a little baffling. They should just yeah, throw a love mic in there. Um, because the transmitters have the mics built in, but then they right. look, you know, cause they have a whole battery in them and all that. They look ridiculous. Um, Especially, especially when people put the uh, the wind socks on them too. So you just have like this oh, giant God. ball of fluff on someone's like <laughs> lapel. <laughs> Drives me nuts. I think it's it's part of that trend. Um, I saw. Yeah, that was where I, like I saw that video too. People, yeah, holding lo- the lav mic on camera now. It's like to seem relatable. It's the equivalent but, of turning the chair around. To sit it, backwards on it. Here's my thing. If you want to hold a mic, like get a proper mic, like get an SM58 style mic right. and hold that. Don't hold your tiny lav mic. That just looks ridiculous. You're making yourself right. look like a giant, you know? <sighs> Stupid. Goofy. Um, apparently it was rumored last week that Nikon was going to announce the Z6 III uh, this month, but Petapixel... Uh, is reasonably informed that that is likely not the case. Might might be mm. next month though. Um, I, I suspect a Z six three is coming. It's been a while. Yes. Um, what I think actually will happen, it's mm, we're we're close to the Summer Olympics. Uh, my guess is we are going to start seeing those cameras. I mean the alpha yeah the alpha camera that we've been talking about is that that's clearly for right. the olympics nikon i mean they have the z9 maybe there's a z9 two or something for the olympics i don't i don't know yeah i don't know if it's needed but yeah, um, I don't know. that's probably what these are yeah uh, this post from petapixel notes that the camera and photo imaging show is scheduled to kick off on february 22nd in yokohama japan so if right. they were to announce a new camera probably 
it would be there. Um, I would suspect so. Yeah. Yeah. So because yeah, now be now the ZF is better <laughs> than the Z6 yeah. too. Right. And it really should be basically the same. So the Z6 yeah. two needs to be upgraded to at least where the ZF is. Petapixel also got uh, to interview some some Nikon lens engineers, which was it was kind of an interesting article mm. um, of like saying where they want to go, and they're basically saying like they want to have like a fisheye and a tilt shift lens again, and like try and bring the defocus control stuff to the Z mount and all of that. So, um, yeah, I hope they do. Exciting times, yeah. One thing I didn't realize was that the Z mount. Um, is has a larger diameter by by more than ten millimeters than the F. That's correct. Yes, yeah. I did. It's huge. Yeah, <laughs> it is the largest diameter full frame lens mount, but that allows them, I guess, to to have things like the Noct, which right. is huge, but then also things like their eight hundred millimeter uh, telephoto and the one eighty to six hundred telephoto zoom. You know, right. and and then also make things like their f two point eight zooms. Uh, lighter, right? Because they have like more room to work with. When the Z mount came out, that was a major thing they talked about. They were like, mm. "If we're gonna, we haven't changed our lens mount." Well, I wasn't paying attention back then. So. <laughs> I said, "We haven't changed our lens mount in fifty years. If right. we're gonna change it, we have to make sure that it's actually better." And so they made it as big as possible, so that they don't have to change yeah. it again for another fifty years. That was the idea. As opposed to what Sony did, which was make a new lens mount because they could. Yeah, right. Um, they could have just kept using the F mount on a Z camera. That, and yeah, it probably frankly. would have been okay for most of the lenses, but yeah. they didn't want to do that. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. I did try to I did try to rent a Plena for a trip I took, and they are in hot supply, so I was not able to get one. Interesting. I have another photo shoot thing this weekend, and I have been thinking about seeing if the camera store has a plena. Mm, I doubt they do. They are they are hard to come by at the moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, next, we have the Godox X-Nano, which is a compact flash trigger with a touchscreen. Uh Flash triggers have joined the 21st century. <laughs> wow. This is, I actually think I might get this because I have a Godox flash trigger that's just all buttons and knobs, and it is kind of frustrating to use because there are, like, duplicate buttons. You, like, there, right. you can hit two different buttons to accomplish the same thing, uh, and it's just sort of maddening. And this just having a touchscreen where you can, like, I assume, like, press and drag for your flash strength. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's just much easier. And also, this is a lot more compact as well because it doesn't need to be right. gigantic. Um, th- this is interesting to me. What is a little uh, annoying weirdly. still is that you can't charge this thing with the hot shoe. Why have we not? Why have we not? done that come on yeah i don't know <laughs> you still <laughs> why, you why to, does the hot shoe not provide five volts like this is ridiculous yeah instead you have to plug this thing in via USB-C. um one thing that folks mentioned is that uh this may not work super well for pros because it doesn't have a pass through that you can put another flash on top of now by by folks you mean this guy in the petapixel comments this guy yes um <laughs> i right. don't know 
how I don't know how uh, much of a problem that actually is. Nice, but for event work, I insist on having a pass-through hot shoe for on-camera flash on top of the trigger, which, like, sure, but if you're like okay. me doing portraiture stuff, you don't need that because <laughs> right. your flashes aren't moving. Um, you know, whatever. You can go get an X2. It's fine. <laughs> you know? Or you could, now you could get a different device with a pass-through and put this on the top. That's well. true. You could do that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks good. I mean, you've been you've been getting more into lighting, right? Yeah, I sure have. Like, this I now seems have... like a decent addition. Yeah, I have a Godox uh, 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 strobe set up with two strobes, actually three, because I have a little mini strobe too. Um, but and I now also have some continuous lights because uh, it turns out strobes are. I don't. I don't know. I respect. Uh, folks who did flash photography with strobes, because I don't know mm-hmm. how you nail that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the, pain, the painfully on- is my understanding. The only way I figure it out is because I have a digital camera and I can go, no, that's not right. Take another picture. Yeah. Go, no, that's <laughs> not right. Take another picture. No, that's not right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> and finally, of course, uh, the Apple Vision Pro uh everyone's obviously Z-O-M-G super excited and, about it there are lines around the block um <laughs> etc uh, uh, i mentioned this on my other podcast but it's sort of amusing to me that like the only apps available for it are like the stock apps which are like not that useful or whatever like i mean oh uh, i'm but, gonna pull up uh keynote <laughs> or, or ikea can really see how the lack looks in your room or 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 the stocks app you know <laughs> j crew is also in there you can have yeah. a have a look at some some j crew i guess yeah i mean um, this device is it's clearly a developer kit yeah like in price especially it's a developer kit this is not meant for the masses to buy and uh, yet they and yet they're sort of selling it as though it is which is I think thing. is a fault of just how they are these days. Yeah. If I were doing this, what I would have done is say, okay, we're going to make a device and actually make it look ugly, like not have it be right. polished and say, we're going to sell this to developers. It should be made of like 3d printed plastic. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to sell this to developers for $5,000 and it's only going to be available to them for at least a year. So people right. can figure out how this thing works and what you want to do with it. Well, that's like, you know, when when uh, when Apple was transitioning to the ARM processors, they made a developer kit that was just like a Mac Mini with different internals, you know. And they did that for Intel as well. They made oh, yeah. a – they took a G5 tower and they put a commodity Pentium 4 motherboard inside of it and said, here you go. Yeah, figure it, figure out. it out. But this, they, yeah, have tried to make a fully polished product. And it just, it looks kind of silly. I feel like it's a solution in search of a problem. I don't know. Good I luck mean, to them. <laughs> it's a plat. It's a new platform. We have no we, idea folks, we love what the people platforms. are going to do with it. Yeah. We can't wait to see what you're going to do with it. And it's the same with the Apple Watch. Did you have an original Apple Watch? Because I did. And that thing I was... Did. Horrible. It was garbage. <laughs> it was a piece <laughs> it couldn't of junk. Do anything. It yeah. barely told but, the time. You had to wake it up but, to tell the time. One over the first three or four years, people figured out what it is that you do with it, and it became a thing that now. I mean, like everyone has one. 
Yeah. That's what will happen with this, though, because it's so new as a paradigm, I suspect it will take longer than that. I, I have real trouble imagining myself ever owning something like this because I've used VR stuff in the past and I just don't like it gives me a headache. No, and, and you won't. It yeah. This can't and won't take off until there are glasses. Yeah. Right. There there has to be something that somebody would wear in public. Right. Before this is going to take yeah. off. And it's not this thing. Yeah, this is I guess in in that regard this is like uh the f- very first cellular telephones that were like right. basically a briefcase that you wore on your shoulder. Exactly. With like a whole corded handset and it's like yeah, no one's going to carry that around for an extended period. Similarly, you're not going to have like this 3 pound thing on your head for more than like half an hour. I think the way that it works proves that that's what they want too. Right? Where augmented reality is like the default environment. There's only a few things that even take you into the fully immersive thing. They yeah. really want you to see everything around you and interact with it. That's like they want it to be glasses, clearly, but that technology uh, isn't feasible yet. The only use case I could see for myself for this would be like watching YouTube videos while in bed, you know. So and I genuinely, I think <laughs> once it's cheaper, this could be a like a television replacement for some people. Yeah. You know, if you have a small well, but apartment. But what about the transparent TV I just bought? What am I supposed to do with that? Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, I guess uh, you could stick some widgets to it, I suppose. Well, if I if I wear the Vision Pro, then it can project its image as though it was on the TV. Oh, you there know? you go. And it'll be approximately, I don't know what I'm where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> no, I think this this is like kind of a great device if you're... You know, single, you have a small apartment in New York City, you can't really fit a TV, but you still want to be able to watch stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, this will do that. I really that. thought you were going for a personal attack there for a moment. No, 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 no. <laughs> because right now, it's still better to have a TV if, if you can you're fit single, it. you live alone, you have a dog, you never go outside, uh... You know. No, that's not that's not directed at you, that's directed at a different Oakland resident that we both know. Oh. Uh... <laughs> that's the end of the news uh i want to talk about eclipse prep because there's a total solar yes. eclipse coming up uh april 8th 2024 uh yeah it sure calendars. is coming up huh yep um and uh i am very lucky in that this is passing quite literally directly overhead uh for me right. like I am I am right on the border of like totality and you know like ninety nine percent totality or whatever. So all I have to do is go out in my backyard. That's lucky. Um, so I've been doing some like research on what I need to do for this, like yeah. photography wise. I purchased. I didn't purchase like a uh, like a a, a size specific solar filter i purchased one of these like fold up ones that can kind of fit over whatever um because i'm thinking should i rent a telephoto lens for this and try and get you know a real close up photo of the I'm dang gonna, sun hmm. so given given my experience geez when was the neowise comment that was like 4 years ago you yeah. probably will want a more zoomed in telephoto. Yeah. Yeah. The sun, I mean, the sun is bigger than the comet, but like 
It's not that, that big. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just check lensrentals.com and see how much the 800 millimeter is going for. You could also do a 400 and get a teleconverter if you can't get the 800. Well, but the 800 has the teleconverter built in that I can make it like nearly a thousand. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I just I don't uh, I don't know how long of a lens you actually need. I suppose you could uh, practice now. Yeah. But well, no, cuz you'll burn out Listen, your I'm sensor I'm you. I'm polishing my own Hubble mirror here in my basement, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, parents I think are going to drive it, it's it total path goes over Caribou, like mm-hmm. up northern Maine, I think they will probably go up there. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. What's going to be nice is I think it goes over Baxter State Park as well, which already is very, very dark. Um, like, there's no light pollution up there at all. So if you go there, that is yeah. a premium spot to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what okay. we're going to do. Too bad. Yeah, because you're, you're, you'd have to travel quite east to get to it. Yeah. yeah. We have some friends in Austin. We could go there, I suppose, like drive out somewhere. In the middle but between Austin then, and Dallas and see it. Then you would be in Austin. Uh, well, I'm led to believe that Austin itself is okay. Just don't leave no. Austin. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I think I think Texas Texas would be the best bet for us, I think. Because otherwise we're not I mean, there's we're yeah. not gonna see it. I will say for Ohio folks who are listening or Columbus folks who are listening, you know, if you want to actually arrange some sort of thing for this, I'm all for it because I will probably take the day off. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I, I went to uh, the World of Photography, one of the camera stores here, and they have a sign on the door already that says, we will be closed April 8th for the eclipse. I was like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good. So uh, what about filters, though? Like, you want to – what kind of filters are you thinking about using? Well, the the one I ordered one that I think is like a one of these like mylar filters, you know, so that it's it's more or less not transparent except when it's really really bright. So did you order the? Is it the Celestron Eclipse Smart Solar Filter? Uh, it might have been. Yeah, um, <laughs> I may get. I got some Eclipse glasses too. I guess the yeah. key thing here is to make sure that whatever solar filter you're buying is like actually rated so right, that you yeah. don't burn up your camera uh or yourself um yeah like don't don't just buy something from Amazon necessarily uh or from this website I found that looks like a Shopify uh yeah B and H actually has like a whole special category yeah, for solar filters. Yeah, the one I got. Yes, the one I got is the Celestron Eclipse Smart Universal Solar Filter for optics seventy five millimeter yep. to one hundred millimeter. Uh, yeah, so like Tiffin has one. You don't want to spend the, a lot. Hoya has one. Right. The um, other thing a, that I was thinking about uh, as regards getting one of these like. Uh, like, I don't know, like Velcro on filters as opposed to one that screws on is that uh, you want to take it off during the actual total eclipse. Yeah, right. And I didn't want to have to worry, you know, like eh, uh, try and unscrew it really quickly and then screw it back on really quickly. I'd rather just like pop a thing off. So 
I don't know. This is this is really great for me because I love preparing for things in needless detail months in advance. That's like one oh, yeah. of my key skills. So I'm all over this. <laughs> preparing preparing the way is the best. Yeah, I like love I've I've already thought about this in in incredible detail. So yeah, and I am probably going to rent one of these super tele lenses. Yeah, what I will probably do is get one of these square ones. There's a bunch of these square. It's like the the square filter systems, uh, mm-hmm. where you have like one very large filter and just little things that like you clip it onto the lenses. Yeah. There seems to be a decent one that is, or like the kind where you can like slot it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There seems to be one that's specific for eclipses. Nice. So I may get that one. Yeah. When, when shooting solar eclipse, even the lowest ISOs and fastest shutter speeds result in overexposed, blown out images. That's oh, you don't yep. you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> and you're it, it may be perhaps melting your sensor too. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say it turns out pointing a bunch of lenses at the sun is maybe not the wisest yeah, choice. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> there is a there is a uh, uh, warning here on BNH saying, don't use this to look at the sun. Okay. Well, you know, say use it. You can use it for photography, but don't, don't you look at it yourself yeah. through this thing. Challenge accepted. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to see it. This seems it's a good thing. We've we put it on the calendar literally like six years ago, maybe more. Yeah. Whenever the whenever the Trump uh, picture was from. That's what I was a full 20, 2017. Yeah. And I, yeah. <laughs> I remember that because I had just recently graduated and moved states. And so like the eclipse was not on my mind at all. And then it was right. one day at work. People were like, oh, the eclipse, you know, we're right like in the path of totality or whatever. And I was like, what? Huh? And uh, <laughs> I did not achieve full enjoyment of it because I was sort of distracted by uh, a bajillion other things going on, but uh, this time around, I am uh, determined to be prepared. So we'll see. Hopefully, I get good pictures. <laughs> I did think I was like, should I try and do this with my film camera? When I was like, no, let's no. let's try and <laughs> don't don't ensure do good results. <laughs> That's hmm. no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that. Although you know, burning burning up a roll of film in the back of my camera would be, you know, less destructive than burning up the sensor. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> worried about burning it up. I'm more worried about getting it in focus and not just losing the entire roll. Yeah. Yeah. Nikon, if you could come out with like a sun autofocus mode somehow, like yeah. firmware update between now and then I would appreciate it. So, I mean, yeah. I, they might, I, I don't, I could see them doing it. <laughs> it's true. There's no reason not to, right? Like it's it's uh it's an AI model of some sort now. You right. could you just have to train it on a big yellow circle. It's not Yeah, know. pretty much. Yeah. Next I, I want to talk about novelty cameras cuz these are a thing that yeah. have been growing in popularity lately. Um, this is one I saw, uh, the camp snap. Uh, I guess this is meant for you to give to your kid when they go off to camp, sort of replacing the classic. Here's an instant, 
or or here's a Kodak, you know, disposable. Um, instead, give them the sixty-five dollar digital camera, which doesn't have a screen, um, and has huh. multiple film modes: standard, vintage film, or black and white. No settings, simply point and shoot, and a screen-free design, so you can't. Uh, be distracted by reviewing the photos you took and instead focus on spending time with friends, playing games and exploring the outdoors. Um, all I'm saying is they mean? must, they must make incredible margin on this. Cause I'm sure this is just a, you know, like camera sensor or a, a smartphone camera sensor. Yeah. What do you, and then you don't have to, you don't have to even put a screen in. So it's really cheap. And the flash is like a teeny tiny led. Um, well, you see, it it has a durable design, a long-lasting rechargeable battery, a vintage look, and effortless storage capacity. It so has... You've got everything you need to capture memories that last go a to, lifetime. Go to the specs page, because the back of this is the most, like, cheap-looking <gasps> piece of crap. It has a thumb groove. It's like 3D printed. It has a photo counter, which is like a seven-segment LED display, which is ridiculous. <sighs> a teeny tiny viewfinder, and then a little flip-on-off switch for the flash. Uh, and it takes a uh, TF memory card. They didn't even pay to, to license the micro SD uh, name. So they can't say it takes micro SD. It takes TF. Who is this for? Well, it's for your kid, obviously. It's eight megapixel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like not only is it a smartphone camera sensor, it's like an old smartphone camera sensor. Yeah. They gotta be getting these for real cheap. Yeah. This is uh I don't know. Uh yeah, because even even a Raspberry Pi camera module is twelve megapixels. Yeah. Uh <laughs> oh there's a review God. here that says it's the limitations of this camera that make it appealing. I, don't I enjoy think so. shooting with my Holga. I see the Camp Snap as being a digital version of the Holga experience. It's fun. Which, like, I guess, sure, if you're that sort of person who is deliberately shooting with a camera that is, like, bad on purpose, yeah, have at it. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. I don't I know. I think the other, the other issue I have with it is they talk about how, like, durable it is. It's yeah. not waterproof. Mm. So your kid's going to like, well, there's no water at camp, right? No, no, there's, there's no water swimming there. or yeah. Like um, your kid's going to throw this thing in the lake or forget that it's in their pocket and ruin it. At least yeah. with an instant camera, like you can still get the film out. Mm. It might be a little messed up, but like yeah. you don't lose all the pictures. Right. <laughs> Next, next we have a camera brought to you by YouTubers, which is how you know it's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, from the Long Weekend brand, which is, I think, uh, what's his name? Willem Verbeek and someone else. Um, that which is right, it yeah. is mostly a brand of, like, pouches and tote bags and straps and things like this. But they also which have generally this. generally I'm fine with. Yeah, that's fine. But they have this, which is the Long Weekend 35mm film camera, which is a $50 little fixed focus camera made of ABS plastic. Uh, tac re discover the tactile magic of film with our focus-free 31mm F9 optical-grade ac acrylic lens, manual wind and rewind, built-in flash, optimized for... 135 film and ISO 200 or 400. So, um, takes a single 
triple A battery. Um, I feel like if you want something like this, you should just get uh, the because Kodak makes one that's a half frame one, the Ektar. Yeah, H35. I linked I linked that one as well. We bought one of those for um, a family, like a family member who's in college for Christmas. Yeah, it seems like like this the Kodak one that gets you seventy two like photos. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, I've actually seen results from that one and they actually seem pretty good. So yeah, I don't know. I would get that instead, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can convince Dave, the, the old camera guy, cause he's tried the Ektar. Maybe convince him to buy the long weekend one and review that. Cause that's kind of his thing is reviewing these, uh, these cameras. There's a number of these like uh, reusable disposable cameras. Lomography makes several. Ilford yeah. Ilford makes one, but not that Ilford. A different Ilford. <laughs> don't, get I won't, him, don't get I, him confused. I won't get started on that. Um, yeah, and and Kodak and so on. So um, I don't know. I guess the, these are like cheapish ways to get into film, but they're also very limited compared to like buying an old point and shoot that can right. actually support different ISOs and like has a proper lens and so on. So, you know, cause Emphasis like this on the cheap. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I bought a Canon sure shot one fifteen, which is a classic, uh, point and shoot, uh, for like 50 bucks. No, I think it was cheaper than that. I think it was $35. And that's like a classic Canon 35 millimeter point and shoot. That is cheaper than, uh, this, uh, long weekend one at least. So, right. um, do that instead. Uh, yes. you'll be much happier <laughs> with it, uh, in the long term. Um, speaking of things that are overpriced, you want to talk to me about this Leica? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's another category of these novelty cameras, which is absurdly overpriced, uh, instant cameras, instant cameras, just Instax cameras. And so Leica has come out with the Sofort 2, which is yeah. their instant camera, which costs three hundred and eighty nine U.S. dollars right. for what is which effectively, is cheap for a Leica, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's the cheapest. It's the cheapest Leica that's available for sale uh, at so, the moment. Yeah, and and what this is is basically an Instax Mini Evo, yeah, but but with Leica branding. Um, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's this is a baffling product. I don't know who this is for. Well, and this is so this they call this a hybrid instant camera cuz what is actually taking the picture is a digital sensor. Yeah. And then it quote unquote prints it onto instant film, which I guess means there's a, there must be like a big LCD in there or something, but this is the same thing that a lot of Fuji's newer Instax cameras do. Yeah, they do uh, exactly this. It, and it's sort of interesting. I don't know that I like it because Fuji is moving away from like having a lens actually expose the film right. on their Instax cameras. And I get the idea. Like the idea is theoretically like, oh, you can like you you don't have to print a bad one or whatever. But yeah, but that's I part of the experience, right? Yeah, is <laughs> printing the bad ones. Yeah, because what you get otherwise, like with this thing. You can download the pictures off of it without printing them. And so what you have is the worst Leica photo you've ever taken. Right. Uh, for yeah. almost $400. Yeah. 
Why? And uh, you can also, uh, using uh, Leica's Photos app, you can load photos you've taken on other Leica cameras and use the So14 and, to right. print them out. Uh, and to be clear, the, the Fujis do that as well. That's not unique yeah. to this thing. The, the Fujifilm yeah. ones have the same feature, but it, even in the Fujifilm, I don't get it. In case you want to print your nice Leica photos on the smallest miniature instant film format, uh, which I don't know. Here's the thing. I like Instax. I don't like the mini format of Instax. It's too small. It's too small. You Uh, know what this is, Andrew? The people, the people yearn for Kodak Easy Share. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be able to take their camera and put it in a little dock that just prints out all the photos automatically. Yeah, that's what they want. That's yeah. You know what? I think I think there is something to be said for the fact that like there really is not that easy of a way to print photos anymore, and so no, like, there is people just don't have physical photos very much anymore. No, um, they they don't, and it's a shame. Like and, you can still get them printed at Walgreens and stuff, but depending well, on even, your Walgreens, they might be terrible. I even have one of the Canon selfie printers, one of the little die sublimation printers that prints out like yeah. four by sixes. We have and one of those a, too. It does a really great job, like in terms of color and all that, and the the photos are great. Uh, but yeah, it's not very easy to use, or and no. you have to like set it up. You know, I have to like take it out of the drawer it's in every time and plug it in. And then, like, either transfer the photos from my camera to my phone and use that or my laptop or, like, pull the SD card out and put it in the printer. And Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, um, I'm i really confused. Time was. I'm not sure who they're for. Time was you could just uh, push the button and receive the picture. And that <laughs> was the vision. That's um, right. <laughs> one Edwin Land of the Polaroid Company, and uh, the Polaroid Company has uh, uh, earlier this year they announced uh, their latest flagship instant camera, the i two. Um, do you remember the i one? No, I don't. I had an i one. It was the Impossible Project i one at the time, and it was novel because it was designed by Teenage Engineering, which meant that it was not very good as an instant camera because it wasn't really designed <laughs> with like photography in mind it was designed right as i mean it looks aesthetic object. i'm looking at it now it looks cool yeah it had like a flip up viewfinder like you're looking down yeah. the barrel of a rifle um <laughs> it took awful pictures it must be said. of course and the same i have to say is unfortunately true of the polaroid i2 which is six hundred dollars uh and doesn't even have a glass lens <laughs> It still has a plastic lens. Wait, wait, it's it's plastic. It's six hundred dollars. You get a plastic lens Polaroid. Uh, and oh my so god! Here's the thing. Here's what sets the Polaroid i two apart from the uh, like other Polaroid, the Polaroid now. And well, now I see plus. that it has a screen for one. Yes, that's the thing is that it has a screen. So okay. the screen allows you to manually change things like exposure. Now, you can do this on a Polaroid Now or Now Plus, but you have to use your phone and connect it to Bluetooth to the camera. The Polaroid i2, you don't need to do that because there's a screen on there. You can, of course, still do that if you want to, um, but you don't have to. But for that, you pay an extra, uh, like, $400, $500 over the Polaroid Now to get photos which are, frankly, no higher quality than the Polaroid Now uh, which are 
uh, we didn't get to go into this with with guest Claire last time we spoke, but Polaroid quality is garbage. I'm afraid. Yes, it's really it's not bad. Very good. And this was this was reinforced for me by the fact that at my birthday event, um, I had I had my classic Polaroid 600 there. Um, someone brought an Instax and someone else brought an I2 and we like took fi- pictures with them and sat them down next to each other. And like the Instax mini 11, the cheap Instax mini on like the smallest film was by far the best looking photo of the group of them. <laughs> it just had Color much better surprised. colors and it was much clearer. And it's like, man, you pay $600 to get like, some of the worst photos you've ever seen. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. What's the point? I really wish this. I really wish that Polaroid, instead of making this new camera had instead worked on like fixing their film production. Yeah. That's, that's really the problem is that they have like one film production line and it's really old. (laughs) They really need to like, put some money towards, you know, fixing it up. Uh, cause yeah. yeah, but instead, you know, they've given us the Polaroid I two. Uh, they also gave us the Polaroid go, which asked the question, what if there was instant film even smaller than the Instax mini? Uh, you know, what if your photo was the size of a postage stamp? Um, what if you something bought I've ever desired? The, the lab, the Polaroid lab printer is really astounding to me. Yeah, like, um, that they made this product that literally is like a mirror <laughs> that you it's, just sort of put your phone on top of, and it exposes the film from your screen. I guess the the Polaroid Lab is like quite literally an I one, except they like took the lens out of it and just put this thing. Like, yeah, you don't even yeah. you don't you. Don't, it's not even it's not even as sophisticated as the Instax ones where you transfer photos, digital photos to it over Bluetooth. No, you, literally you literally put, put your, your phone, phone on top, on of, top of, it. of it, and like it's like <laughs> make sure your brightness is turned all the way up. It's like oh my god, <laughs> yeah. what are they doing? Is this I actually Polaroid or is this somebody with the brand? That's actually Polaroid. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. going on over there. Frankly. Um. <laughs> I mean, they're in the Netherlands, so it's. I would make different decisions. Yeah, they're they're Dutch, so it's hard to say. You know, they could be on any variety <laughs> of legal or near legal substances. So. That's true. <laughs> uh, Who could say? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, their biggest like film announcement from the past year was that they made one that was like blue in an interesting way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and their new, their very, their very newest film is uh literally just instant film their normal instant film but the film frame is the pantone color of the year peach fuzz which is this sort of orangish color so i mean if you like the pantone color of the year like sure g- grab yourself some of that um not sure it's worth twenty dollars for a pack of eight but you do you um yeah polaroid please <laughs> it's there <laughs> I, there are so many people like me who just want Polaroid to be good again, and right. uh, I don't know. I'm sort of astounded that they still make like eight by ten film. Frankly, uh, yeah, I don't know who's buying that either. Yeah, well, because you need an eight by ten camera, and then you also need an eight by ten Polaroid film processor, which is not an, a not a piece of equipment that's 
been manufactured in like decades. So yeah, I'll tell you what though, eight by ten Polaroids look really nice. <laughs> yeah, they do. They sure do. But that's because but... they go through a proper optical system, usually with a glass lens, several glass lenses even. Um, food for thought. Uh, <laughs> Polaroid, I have more ideas. Consider making your products better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My suggestion for you would be to make good products as opposed to the current products you make, which are not good. Next, we have, I just thought this was interesting. Nikon makes a special firmware for astronauts to help block galactic cosmic rays in photos. Um, and this is neat um, just because NASA uses Nikon. They're, they're, they're correct. They know what the good cameras are, you know? That's so, right. They sure do. Yeah. Them and, them and Disney, they know. They've, they've used Nikons, I think. Well, I mean, they originally used Hasselblad's, you know, on the moon. But I think they've used right. Nikons, like, since the very first Nikon Digitals that were, you know, like Kodak Nikon joints with the giant, you know, that like two feet tall kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. Got a bunch of, uh, uh, they got a photo here. They got a bunch of D3s up there, although it says, um, it says, uh, on board the International Space Station, the crew currently has 12 to 15 Nikon D5s, but is in the process of switching over to the Z9. Uh, okay. And they're, uh, they're going to slowly replace the lenses with Z lenses. Um, initially replacing lenses that require mechanical autofocus. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Imagine being on the ISS and the uh, Dragon spaceship or whatever comes up with a resupply. It's got a nice shiny Z9 in there. <laughs> if it makes it. Yeah. This is, this is SpaceX we're talking about. Right. That's got to be the most anyone's ever paid to ship a Z9, though, you know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh... We'll take half a million pictures with the crew on orbit, and so Nikon has changed the way the raw files are numbered so that there will be no two with the same file number. Wow. The file namings on a standard digital system will repeat every so often, but theirs can't. See, it's the little things, you know? I don't know. I find that neat. I I like making purpose-built applications. Yeah. You know? I, I really yeah. like that they are able to customize it for this. That's That's pretty nice. Uh, that's all we have for you this week. Thank you for listening to Sensor Noise. You can find us at sensornoise.com, on Instagram at sensornoisepod, and on Blue Sky at sensornoise. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend about it. Mm-hmm.